Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of the official PlayStation Magazine UK podcast. Uh, this voice is one that you haven't heard for a little while. It's editor Matthew Pellet. I'm back again in the office after a two-month holiday, sunning myself out in my back garden, definitely not doing too much work. Uh, I'm back in the office. It's a week before E3 as we're recording this and we're putting together a twin issue that's all about E3 with a deadline during E3 and I don't know why I chose to come back this week. It was kind of insane, but I'm back. Um, so sorry to deprive you of more Ben Wilson, but we'll see if we can get him back on the podcast in the future. Uh, joining me today, we have Jem. Hello. <laughs> and we have Darren. I don't see a Darren here. My name's Ben. I see a Darren. Is there a, is there a coup going on Ooh. that I'm unaware of? So Ben, or as he's known in the office, Darren these days, uh, is with us as well. And we're going to chat about lots of games. Um, we always kick off with what we're playing now. And this week will be no different. So guys, what are you currently playing on PlayStation? I mean, I have to go first because I might explode. If oh, I don't. Oh, oh, let me guess. You're, you're playing <laughs> Overwatch, right? I'm playing so much Overwatch. If my Twitter feed is anything to go by. It's all just Overwatch memes and GIFs and screenshots of me getting play of the game. I'm trying to get play of the game, which is basically a bit in the game where if you um, have a... a a moment that sort of turns the tide of the match you get like your highlight like played to literally everyone who's taken part in that match at the end and it like basically puts your psn id in like a massive massive in fact earth. before you say this i'm going to predict what you're doing now i because i've been <laughs> off for two months like overwatch has somewhat passed me by i'm looking forward to getting into it at some point but i don't own it yet i've not really looked too much into it but my twitter feed seems to be nothing but jen raving about overwatch <laughs> and pictures of plays of the game and if i have understood it correctly, you're trying to get a play of the game with every character in the game, is that right? Yeah, every single character. So there's 21 total, and they're all quite different, obviously, because you've got, like, the attacking characters are maybe slightly easier at the moment to kind of get a play of the game with, because if you get, like, a triple or a quadruple kill, that, that game, it's like play of the game, because you basically, you might wipe their team, and that gives your team the the advantage like in that moment to like get the objective or push the payload um but i got one the other day with mercy who's a support character so if you guys have ever played team fortress 2 like the medics in that game they kind of like have healing beams and, and it's their job to kind of keep teammates alive like the more aggressive ones while they capture the objectives um and it sounds I, like my job with you guys <laughs> in the office just hovering just behind us being like please don't mess it up please don't mess out it up. constant fires yeah, exactly and that's her job and um Overwatch um, does a really great job of kind of celebrating those roles as well. And I managed to get play the game with her uh, last night by kind of like resing half the team. She has an ability to bring people who've recently died back to life. So I kind of res half the team and then kind of while buffing, she can also buff damage on people as well as heal them with her beam and buffing the other half of the team. And then we got like the second objective uh, and that like basically like defined the match. And I was like, yay! So yeah, so it's awesome. It It basically just makes you like feel awesome when you're playing the game. I think kind of like hitboxes are quite generous with like certain characters and stuff. So you kind of like people maybe who don't usually play like uh, shooters obsessively can kind of like feel badass when they're like getting a headshot with like a sniper or something. And also it actively makes you better at the game because the sound design and you guys might have heard a little bit about this how some characters if someone's like flanking you coming up behind you thus like one of the characters nearby will kind of automatically say behind you or like down there's a sniper or we need to 
get more towards the objective, like if you're not playing kind of uh, tactically enough, maybe. Um, you were you were tr struggling so hard then to not say properly. <laughs> if you're not playing properly, well, that's the thing as well. Is that another big thing about the game is that you can switch characters um, for kind of different situational things. So if there's a character over there that's kind of a long range sniper and you're having real trouble, you can be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to switch to a sniper mm. and take them out, and then I'll switch again and and kind of uh, to a more offensive sort of like nippy person. Who's gonna... See, I. Someone who doesn't really play a lot of online shooters, I'm, I'm a bit of a loner. I like my single player stuff. Um, like the idea of character switching, like I've seen a lot of people really build this as being this this big game changer. I mean, I would suggest that there are other shooters which are class based, not character based, but class based. And if you respawn, you can switch your class. So to me, being an outsider looking in, that doesn't seem too different from switching classes. However, like yeah. what, what you're saying about like the game giving you subtle clues as to what's going on, who's around you, the situational, like feeding you situational awareness mm. that you might not necessarily be tuned into if yeah. you just come into the game. I mean, I've only just checked through your review. Now, we've got a new issue out this week. Hopefully, you guys listening have already got it, or if not, you're about to get it very soon. Um, sadly, the review isn't in that issue because uh, Blizzard couldn't get us code in time, and it's an online shooter, and we don't, you know, in the you know rare cases where we get an opportunity to review these games early on private servers, we choose not to, because it's only really fair to put it to the test, mm. public service against people because we've had situations in the past where, um, you know, things have been on private servers and they've worked magically and then it comes out to the public yeah. and it all crashes. <laughs> I mean, we've even done it before public servers early, which we did for Drive Club, and that was retail discs, retail PS4s, playing on the same servers as everyone else, and it ran like a dream, but then launch day came and more than 5,000 people jumped on, <laughs> and suddenly it all died for many, Hard. many months. So, like, yeah. we deliberately don't rush these reviews to get them right. So that's sadly why it's not in this issue, uh, but Jen's written a fantastic review that's in the next issue, and like, I don't mind, you know, I don't really mind us saying what it is, even though we're not out for a month. Uh, you're giving it nine out of ten. Uh -huh. You're giving it the gold award, which yes. is like our extra special sprinkle of like definitely Magic buy this on top. It's um, amazing. Yeah, in, like everyone should be playing it, right? Absolutely. And really, the only reason why you know it wasn't pushing ten boundary is that kind of it's early days for the game. People are still working out how to play, and sometimes like it's a game very much about choice. And and yes, you can change classes but classes kind of like have different subtleties to them so there's some support characters who are really i think more of a defense character so like people are still getting their heads around that and some people are still making some stupid choices like picking the same character four times in in a in a five or six mm. player team so um yeah that's that's kind of the only sort of niggle but um, in July, I think now, competitive play is going to get patched in, which right. was what the beta was built around, beta, beta. Um, and that hopefully will, for people who've kind of really invested time and are kind of wanting to play more tactically rather than just getting on and shooting about, I think that's going to be like where the game starts getting pushed to really, really great heights. But it's just so great to jump on and have fun anyway. And I mean, you can't deny people that. Like, they just want to go on and play Tracer and teleport everywhere. It's great. big question that I think every single listener has right now mm. is what are you going to do to celebrate when you get 21 out of 21 oh play of the games? I don't know. 
Come on, Jen. I don't know. On. I hadn't even thought of a reward. That's sort of pathetic. The, it's the satisfaction of completion, because I don't think there's a trophy for it either, which I think there should be. Do you think you'll finally bring the disc in the office? I mean, Matt can have a play well, it. Well, I am fortunately zipping off to E3 to get all our exciting news for the games coming this year, so I am probably going to bring the disc in and begrudgingly hand yeah. it to my editor so well, you can like, play. Yeah, after a five-year uh, kill streak of E3 me going out there, I'm taking this year off. I'm going to be in the office, because said before we've got our twin issue again which if you bought uh, opm's e3 issue last year hopefully you'll have very fond memories of it's not easy to put together uh, and i can't afford to do that remotely i i can't do it remotely there's no way of doing it so i'll be in the office the only trouble with borrowing overwatch while you're out mm. at e3 is that i'm going to be writing up like beyond midnight every night anyway to yeah, make well, the issue so the... i probably won't get and, and then i add, might be nice and, and let you add, keep it longer like on top of that the fact that it's also euro 2016 oh yeah so like, like we've got to watch E3, got right? to watch matches as well so it's like oh crikey i, I know, know and you're a time. very organized man you keep us in line but i have i have <laughs> you've uh, seen my desk right? i've uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've seen we have a, a whiteboard in the office that we kind of put our little plan for the month and the issue on and we kind of write you know what days we're podcasting and live stream and what days we're sending the wallet and things like that and uh, there's a little chunk of time I believe is it the Thursday Thursday 2 think? till 4 2 till 4 England, has, Wales. Been, has been blocked off. and we've got some <laughs> Welsh people in the office who work on radar and some other places so it'll be interesting if we we're gonna see my suggestion is rather than go out to the pub or something we should take a two-hour lunch and we've got a massive massive gloriously brilliant telly uh, in our demo room we have a private demo room and uh, it's on bbc right be on the iplayer just get iplayer up yeah watch it in the office i might bring in some microwavable popcorn i'll, um, I'll sneak it i'll just sneak gather some, around some nice refreshing it. soft drinks you might <laughs> gather around and uh yeah, take a little two-hour breather from the E3 madness because that's right crunch time when we're sending stuff. <laughs> My only fear um, with that room timing. is that it's smaller than Harry Potter's uh, original bedroom, so that's it gets right. quite well, cramped. OPM will get in at, um, what is it, 2pm kickoff. So we'll get in there at 1.30. Mm. Then there's a lock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> Sod games radar. Um, ben, what's keeping you busy? Uh, Uncharted 4 still. So obviously, as our readers and listeners will know from many many podcasts i'm a huge fan of uncharted 4 uncharted and podcasts. we're not going to spoil stuff right are we i mean we've all no. well i've no. finished it but i will keep some it. some listeners this still might is not have. uh by the way latest opm spoiler uh spoiler opinion on the ending yeah it is yeah don't read that piece until you finish the game if you care we, about we spoilers. do flag it up like we don't just yeah. drop mad spoilers there is in. a big big flash <laughs> of it. I, I understand before my time those days did exist on OPM. Certainly, uh, Mr. Meeks was known for spoiling things in Oof. the office and in the magazine. Oof. We're not going to do that anymore. No, no, no. Uh, even though we do love Dave loads and he's still writing loads for us and you still see his words in the mag, uh, we've reined in his you know, spoiler <laughs> glands somewhat. Um, but what, So what are you playing, the multiplayer or still single uh, no, player? No, still or? single player. So um, when, I, when I played it for review, there was very much a... Uh, I kind of went through the story, took my time, but also like wanted to kind of get through it and now I'm in a position where I'm going through again with my girlfriend so she's never actually 
played or experienced an Uncharted game and she had enough of me raving about it constantly. Are you having to explain much to her if she hasn't played any of the Not series? really. Like, I think the game actually does a really good job. And this is and this for me has been what's really fascinating about playing with somebody who's coming fresh to this series. Because obviously uh, on a lot of the reviews there was a big sort of... Sam's been a very divisive character. Mm -hmm. Some people don't like the fact he's been retconned into a story. Other people like myself feel Naughty Dog did an amazing job yeah, of always making him feel yeah. a part of that assemble. So watching like how she kind of picks up on the games and yeah. the characters and the relationships is quite fascinating. But also then the fact like I just really I think that single player is by far and away the best uh, sort of story on the the PS4. It's also the first game I've ever sort of like finished and then gone right back into. I, I so when I finished it I um I played the entire thing through with my wife in a weekend because we've played all of the Uncharted's together. We tend to play action and horror games together. Adventure, sorry, and, and horror games together. Um, and I, th she, I was off at the time. I had two months off, obviously, and she went to work the next day and then I booted it up and just to play the epilogue again. I just yeah. wanted to experience that epilogue again. I thought it was a magical wow. ending. Um, like, I'm not going to say Uncharted 4 is the perfect game, but it's the best game on PS4. It's a definite 10 out of 10. Like... I have some niggles and I would, you know, if I were in charge, I would have changed a, a couple of things, but they're really, really minor things in the grand scheme of things. And if you stack that game up against anything else right now, like, hands down, it, it wins. Um, so it, it was really interesting from afar, like, watching some of the scores come in and not that it scored badly anywhere, but just that it was scoring the same as, like, a bunch of other all right games this year. And I was just like, what is wrong with, like... Yeah, yeah, like assessments and stuff. Because like it... by no metric is that an eight out of ten game. It's absolutely magical. I do wonder how Nathan managed to avoid uh, giant slopes and slides for three, four games, and then get hit by slide after slide after slide after slide. But hey, I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. Weirdly enough, last night I was on the uh, the uh, uh, shale section in Scotland, <laughs> where you've got no and I. <laughs> I love it, but it is a case of uh, he even at one point goes. I hope that's enough sliding for now, and he's hit by another slide. I mean, it's slides are to Uncharted Four what ladders are to Metal Gear Solid Three, in particular <laughs> one ladder. I'm just sad in Uncharted Four there isn't oh a slide gosh. that goes on for two minutes. Oh, like, he goes down the mountain, like when he's uh, in Madagascar, and they go the side, the side of the volcano. She just slides down that entire <laughs> volcano. But then the, the sound drops out, and like you just hear Nathan's internal dialogue as he thinks about all the people oh. he's killed along the journey. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, he, he tops them up like yeah. throughout all four games. It's like there was the guy on the train. There's the guy in the next carriage. The that would be was great. It, was it one or two in the jet ski section? I just can't remember. You know what? Sod it. We, we're going to, when we finish this podcast, we're going to get the URL. We're going to email Druckmann Australia. We're going to say, because I, uh, before the game oh, came God. out, I interviewed... Um, who did I interview? Go on, Ben, I sent you the chance. Arnie Meyer. Yeah, I did, Arnie Meyer. Oh, of course, how could I forget that? Nice one. I would I, have been like, what a panic. I, I, I'm so not switched back onto work mode yet. <laughs> Still on holiday. And uh, I asked him, you know... Uh, DLC what you got planned is like genuinely we don't know like we don't know what the DLC is we've just come up with it it's, it's a big <laughs> volcano slide so so guys you're listening because we've emailed you the link and clearly you're gonna click on it and listen to our thoughts yeah, um, along like let's extend it let's say a five minute slide it's a tall volcano yeah and uh, yeah in a monologue kicks in you can just reel off all the people he's killed I'm still um, the only disappointing thing about that volcano is that shoreline weren't based in there a la <laughs> you only live <laughs> you only live twice 
Oh, just like a lovely flowing uh, wall of lava. Yeah, <laughs> it's a perfect it, backdrop. It's a truly spectacular game. It, it really is. Um, Hence the fact why I'm still playing it. It's not the game I'm still playing, though. Partly because oh. I bought the disc back and gave it back to you. <laughs> um, but Hitman is keeping me busy. Um, keeping me very busy, in fact. Hitman is a great, great game. Um, although episode three has just come out, and this is a bit of a spoiler for the issue that comes out next month. I'm not mm-hmm. that big a fan of Marrakesh. I don't think it's that great a level. Um, I won't go into too many details. Uh, I, I think, you know, already I'm having so much fun with Hitman that I would say, you know, without hesitation, you know, one Duff episode, and it's not even that Duff, it's just by the, you know, standards of the, the other two episodes, it's a bit of a downer, um, that you should you should definitely buy the series pack. You know, if you haven't already, or if you just got the intro pack, you should buy the add-on, because, like, the entire thing is great. Um, but the... Rev- view that I did for the issue that's out now so the Call of Duty uh, issues that's on shelves um, I reviewed the Sapienza level and it's spectacular it's I think genuinely the the best Hitman level there has been and I'm a guy who spent a lot of time like many many hours on nearly all of the levels like I've played Hitman throughout Uh, it's, it's lifetime and there are some levels that I have spent hours upon hours upon hours upon hours just digging through trying things in different ways experimenting with and sapienza is like right at the top of that pile um with you know the the details the the jokes the possibilities the signature kills again it's not perfect and i say in the review like uh, a couple of things that i think should have been tweaked and but it's great it's such a fun a sandbox just to play with and mess with and toy with the AI. It sounds huge. So it is. It's massive. So there must be tons of secrets, right? Have you found many? There's secrets? a bunch. Yes. Yeah, so like, um, I mean, spoilers for anyone who wants to play Sapienza and discover I th- I, them for I th- themselves. I think the trouble with some of the secrets is that they're um, they're flagged up by some of the challenges. Oh, right. So you can uh, you can call the kraken out. What? Um, <laughs> But it's, but it's sort of spoiled, yeah, as in like the giant secret. <laughs> the giant octopus. But it's, again, it's it's kind of ruined by the fact that there's a challenge that you can tick off for oh, doing it. Is that it. Like, like a little and checkpoint, I, I wish like it, I wish it get were... milk, coffee, all the cracking. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's sort of. I just kind of wish it that, that they'd held back from doing that. Yeah. Just that it was like a real shock um, because it loses some of the shock. Is there any way to turn off? those prompts because i know there's, there's so, so a the mode... prompts yes yeah, so, so absolutely in terms of the hud and prompts and uh, if you hear things if you overhear conversations it might come up saying oh there's something of interest nearby all of that's you can turn off but at the same time there's also this menu system which has um, challenges on it and you need to tick off challenges to earn xp to level up your mastery right. and leveling up mastery up to a cap of 20 for each individual level uh, unlocks more things for you to use uh, throughout the entire game so uh, when you get level two or three you might unlock a different starting position or right. a new gun or yeah, so so all these things are or a different place to use as a dead drop. So when you start a level, you can already have, say, remote explosives planted oh, um, nice. in a basement for you to go collect once you're past a security checkpoint. Cool. And and the cool thing about the way that Hitman's working now is that with episodes two and episodes three, you're now unlocking tools that you can go back and use in episode one to approach it in different ways. So um, an example, not the best example, but because there's there's absolutely tons of it scattered about everywhere but emetic poison is rat poison that you can put into food or drink that doesn't kill people but it makes them run to the nearest toilet and vomit wow. 
Um, now, yeah, in Paris, to be honest, it's all over the shop. So you can pick it up <laughs> and just like drop it in. As long as you're disguised just as a waiter, like, you can put it in someone's drink, no problem. Um, however, like if, if you were for some reason struggling to find a metic poison, well, in episode three, Marrakesh, one of the mastery challenge, uh, sorry, one of the mastery levels gives you a metic poison right. to then allow you to begin a level with it in your pockets. So you don't need to go to a certain point to pick it up now. If you choose to begin with a metic poison as one of your two oh. pieces of kit, you can do that. And so, like, we're unlocking stuff like um, rubber ducks that are proximity <laughs> mines <laughs> and stuff. So, so it's really fun seeing how. You know, future episodes aren't just changing the scope of what you can do in the future, but also what you've done already in the past. You can, re, you know, replan your your assassinations, and there are definitely ones that are. Th there's pieces of kit that's making the earlier stuff a lot easier, um, to get certain kills and tick off more challenges. Because there are still some challenges that are really quite tough to get in the first couple of. So, would you levels. say that kind of the new episodic format is sort of? I guess encouraging you to I thought maybe it would be a case of I'll oh, play li this level and then play it again and again and again and then yeah. move on to the next but you're actually kind of going back into previous oh, ones I am to some degree yeah so um, it, it, there is definitely a sense of every one coming out every month you spend that month rinsing that one level and right. then you move on for the next month to do the next level but you know there's there's still enough in the levels to warrant revisiting a few times like I'll go back to Sapiens I'll continue returning there for quite a while I think uh, Marrakesh I think I'll drop pretty quickly just because it's the weakest of the lot and there are noticeably fewer opportunities for mirth oh, relative right. to sapienza <laughs> despite like a, a massive map it feels like there's a lot of dead zone right where mm -hmm. sapienza like it's a really rich environment to play with yeah because i don't want to spoil too much but in the review you make a big point of how big it is but then also how yeah. dense it yeah, is yeah but you know big as Marrakesh shows us, big doesn't always necessarily mean better. In mm. fact, that's very close to what I wrote for yeah, my I'm strap. Pretty sure, yeah. uh, uh, for for the next episode oh, right. as well. Um, maybe I should change that if I wrote the same line in this. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> because you just, because you some just of, got vastness doesn't necessarily yeah, mean greatness yeah, like some, from, you know, from Sapienza, but Sapienza some, manages to some of the best levels in. of Hitman Pass have been some of the smaller, mm. like more contained levels, a new life in Blood Money or Curtains Down. Like these are levels that are relatively compact versus like the Mardi well a lot of people like the Mardi Gras level I was actually less impressed with it um but like these small little areas the prologue level in the new hitman is a perfect example the little setup on the boat is tiny but that is feels a bit more creative than than a lot of Marrakesh to be honest with you um so yeah lots of reason to go back uh one of the other big reasons to go back though is the elusive targets I'm having a lot of fun with those. So for people who haven't played Hitman yet, um, it's a live game in inverted commas. So they, they can change things up and they've already patched some stuff, um, which has been really handy. Uh, but they're now beginning to introduce these things called elusive targets. And what these are, are people who they drop into a level on a certain day, their life for 48 hours. And... It's a bit of a misnomer to say you've got one chance to kill them because actually up until the point you kill them, you can restart the level and replan. Oh, uh, right. Okay. So it's so, not like so a one and like, done. So like it's if not you like fail. You, you press start and then that's it. Okay. You can actually up to a point restart, although they've, they've teased that there are going to be other factors that can fail you and you Ooh. won't be able to restart. But when you kill them, like when they're dead... Like something kicks in like with the save system and you can no longer save, you can no longer... Well, sorry, you can't save at all with elusive targets, but you can no longer restart it, replan. 
and kind oh, so once you actually kill them, once you've then... killed them, wow. then you've got to like so can... finish up the level oh. and what score you've got. That's your oh, score man. forever. Yeah, so it's so only that's... it's only like fumbles like previous to the murder exactly, that you can go. Exactly. Oh, I better restart. And to be honest, they need to really make that quite strict as well because you can get away with quite a lot at the start, where I think should be a bit more pressure. Um, so th- so it, it'll just be finished by the time this goes live. Um, but they've just announced it uh, this morning. The third elusive target. So I just can't wait to go home and play this elusive target. Now. <laughs> uh, so they drop in the level. They don't show you where, but there's a little briefing video that, if you know the level, or you get a very clear understanding of where they're going to be. Right, if you don't okay. know the level, then you know, somewhere like Sapienza, you could wander around for forty minutes and not find them. Wow. Um, but it's pretty obvious. Yeah, you can if you see put time landmarks, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. And you go in. You need to effectively monitor them and figure out a way to kill them. Uh, and for me, like figure out a way to silent assassin them because I want to get silent assassins throughout. And you actually do tick off challenges for a killing them and b getting silent assassins. And so far, I've got the two out of the first Oof. two. Um, and I just don't. The pressure for me is like dropping that because you're having. you're on that hot streak now. Exactly, yeah. go keep it going, keep exactly. it rolling. Oh my gosh. So, so it's a really, really cool idea. It, it's executed okay. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. I think the problem that I've had so far and looking at the briefing video for this third one, it looks to be the same as well, is that the targets are all heavily bodyguarded but a bit too much. And actually, like <clears throat> the easiest way of doing it seems with a silent assassin rating seems to be cheesing the game a bit and just like using distraction methods such as coins to drag guards away like. The first one was just single guard. It was two guards for the second one, mm. like one at a time, knock them out, put oh, them in so the box. it's like the same thing all the time. Yeah, whereas oh. like craftier, more creative kills, although they feel more satisfying to do, won't necessarily get you the better scores right. and therefore should be avoided. So, for instance, in Sapienza, the, the, th- the second elusive target, the first for Sapienza, was the congressman and he was in the mansion. Uh, and uh, it, it was kind of randomised in the sense that I think one of th- there were one of three possibilities when you first get to him because stuff in Hitman is kind of proximity triggered. Uh, things won't take effect until you're in that region. Okay. So you go to the mansion, you see him, uh, and uh, he'll either go to like a drawing room, so you, with a sea view, he'll go to a library or go downstairs to the basement, and then depending on what one he he did he'll do another the other one then the other one okay. he'll do this lap. Uh, like just so he'll just go. lap right yeah so but which one he does first is seemed to be random as far as i could tell and there was when he was in the main foyer walking between you could shoot a chandelier to drop on him the trouble is it would also drop on the nearby butler oh. and to get a silent assassin even though that would you can't that would be counted as an accidental kill you can't kill non-target NPCs and retain silent assassin yeah, score. Yeah. So it's like, well, I could do it and get away with it, but I wouldn't get a silent yeah. assassin. Um, one of the things I said it before, emetic poison. So you can do that, make him run to the toilets and throw up. <laughs> he actually, they put in like a glass of wine that he went and sniffed and drank from. So it's like, brilliant. So I'll, I'll poison this glass. So I, it was really sneaky, but I managed to do it, get past <laughs> guards to do it. And sure enough, he ran to the toilet. So I was hiding in the toilets and he came in and I was going to kill him and then his guards followed him into the what? toilets and there was into a re- the actual toilet there was a really awkward moment where there were I'm standing there <laughs> dressed uh, well, I was dressed as a chef oh or a God. kitchen assistant it's like evening uh, and I'm kind of just like stroking my chin 
and there are two guards who are standing there, arms crossed, God. and the three of us are just staring at this congressman who's like <laughs> vomiting his chucking guts his guts into the <laughs> toilet. This goes on for about 30 seconds. <laughs> just like a, a brief like, nod. Like, enough, yeah, <laughs> nodding. You all right? Uh, and then he stands up. He pats down his shirt. There's a bit of puke on it. He just strolls out and commences oh, his lap. God, no. <laughs> and, and it's just like... Did you then no. get him on the second lap some more rat poison? <laughs> I think at that drink. point I would just snap and I'd just pull out the gun and just be like... Pff, pff. I was like, come on. Anyway, I've, I managed to do it. This is where I... It's confession time. I was doing that on a practice run on a different profile. Uh, so that when I do it on my profile, I don't oh, mind. Oh I, I, in fact, I'll write about it in the next now. Playing. Oh, you've got all these yeah. ghost accounts. He like, says that now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write about it in the next now. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's in. Like, you guys can go up to the office and read <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, you will uh, have to get our latest issue for Matt's full confession. Yeah. This, this but, um, despicable crime. But it's fun. But it could be better. They, they need to ease off the like relentless bodyguards mm. who like just don't understand personal they're, space. They're called elusive targets. In my in my mind, that like that like makes me think that they're like extra sneaky and they're kind of aware of you and they're hiding. Like you know what? elusive, would... it's like heavily guarded yeah, targets. Come on. That, that, that would be good. Yeah, like stuff. a hide and seek in Sapienza. Yeah, maybe time challenges. If they've kind like... of, yeah, they're, they're like all suspicious of you and like constantly and you have to be like extra I mean, sneaky. That, that would be cool and just situations where the briefing video, maybe it's a guy who or girl who isn't guarded but the briefing video gives you like nothing like apart from a picture of them mm. doesn't give any indication of where they are in the level mm. and you do have to go and effectively yeah. play a game of hide and seek yeah and they're yeah. moving oh, and they're be aware fun. so i think there's already a lot of fun to be had with elusive targets and it's a great point of discussion in the office sharing stories sharing cock-ups mostly <laughs> on part of the guys on pc gamer <laughs> whereas i'm sitting there smug like, with my five Silent alternate accounts on the P on your ps4 now there's 16 different users <laughs> one to 15 i think, I think genuinely there are Kathy four like, <laughs> with the second one i um uh i emailed Lucy, my wife, uh, when she was at work saying, oh, your account needs a new password, can you reset it and send oh. me the details? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, wait a minute. We're going to have to, we're going to have to keep an eye on ours, I think, Ben. Uh, so yeah, but ones. like, talk about P uh, PS4 being the place to play. Um, Sam Roberts, who is a very lovely guy, who's done some stuff for us occasionally, he edits PC Gamer and he has a PC Gamer work account as well. So he has practiced on there and then tried it on his own. Uh, own account as well and I told him about my multi-profile story on PS4 he's like did you have to buy the game for each profile I was like no PS4 just lets yeah, you just lets create you them it, on the man. same console he's like oh man I can't do that on Steam oh. <laughs> like, loser <Yes. laughs> winning um, anyway so that's a lot of Hitman talk uh, sorry about that but um, yeah <laughs> the review of Sapienza uh, two page review uh, is in the latest issue which is on shelves now and we're going to talk about it um, yeah. there's a very big game on the wallet. There is. And I was going to say on the cover, but actually there are three games on the cover. <laughs> so if you're a subscriber, you got your copy almost a week early and you had the lovely ukulele on the cover. So beautiful. And if you're buying it from shops, you're going to get either Call of Duty Infinite Warfare or Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered. Which I definitely didn't hassle you for when they came into yeah, the office. Like, give me the, give me and Darren's going to tell us all about them. Yeah. Take it away, Darren. <laughs> Um, so this issue, I was actually we did a shooter blowout. So it's not just Call of Duty. We've got, and I think this is kind of a very big thing at the moment. Call of Duty versus Battlefield is really heating up again mm -hmm. because this is 
sort of the first time on PS4 where they've gone head-to-head properly. Although there was Call of Duty Ghosts and Battlefield 4, there were launch titles for the series, especially in the case of with Battlefield 4, it had its early teething problems with multiplayer, and Ghosts was... Did you play Ghosts, I did. You you know what? I don't don't mind admitting it. It's totally not cool to do so, but I enjoy Ghosts. It's it's fine. I didn't care a hoop for the story, but the same is true of most Call of Duties. I thought it was decent. It was a nice tech demo for PS4. I really liked like the last level or the penultimate level, whatever it was. The train, like the movement of that train when you're on top running. <laughs> yes. I just liked it. It was nice having like all the things that were hanging, swaying as you were rattling through a, it, the, a the speed valley. level. Yeah, it was Dennis Hopper on the top. It's fine. Um so so this this feels like a very big moment for the two series again, yeah. going head to head. And not only does it feel like a very big moment because of that, but also the fact that Call of Duty has flung itself into the future and Battlefield One has uh look to the past Gone back to the origin battlefield one it's quite the name isn't it what do you think of the name i hate the name we don't talk about one (gasps) no it's no it doesn't make sense i really like it you're wrong and it is sounds like she's on the wrong official magazine (laughs) i really like it i think it's i think it's like it's bold I think it's cool. It's, it's definitely bold and not in a good way. Oh, but no, everyone, everyone does the like, like, you know, the carrying on like numbers thing. I think it's cool to be like, oh, okay. No, Call of that. Duty does, and we're talking about two games, and neither of them do it. What? Call of Duty is Infinite Warfare. It's not yeah. Call of Duty they've, Nine. They've, they've never. Yeah, they've, they've, I guess so. But I think I think it's cooler to be like, okay, this is like the what? Which, which number? Of but then, like, why is it five? But like, no, it's one. Well, it depends Purple. if you count like hardline and stuff. Oh, yeah, well. and and bad company. And and the fact, like, if they wanted to do the Boa War, what are they going to call it? Battlefield Zero? I can't do that. That'd be even <laughs> yeah, worse. Yeah, we're just going to go back for So, back no, I, I, I don't care for the name, but one. I think the game looks very good. But, obviously, Call of Duty's on the cover, so Infinite Warfare is set in space. Uh, so far, we've seen a short trailer, which had a terrible David Barry cover on. <laughs> but I know this is very unpopular to admit. I'm very excited for Infinite Warfare. I think this could be... The first one in the series for a long time to actually so, shake up the, to shake up what what the series has been doing. So why why is it so exciting, right? Because I mean I've I've read your your feature. It's awesome, um, but you do point out that COD's been in space before and not just with ghosts, right? So with ghosts and Modern Warfare Two, that you had one scene set in space. Modern mm-hmm. Warfare Two is a very brief, mm-hmm. practically a cutscene. Mm-hmm. Ghosts um, is a little different. Is a little bit of anti grav, but it's you know. 10 minutes in an entire game with infinite warfare there will be some action on earth but it you can tell from the trailer very early on you're shooting off into space in the jackal now the jackal will be your dog fighting ship throughout the game so this is the first time where although again call of duty's done uh flying stuff before this looks a little less on rails than the stuff we've seen in Black Ops. Oh, right. So you're actually dogfighting in space, which... No way. Do you reckon you'll have your own ships that you get to, like, customise and, and, like... I doubt you'll customise them in the single oh. player. I think it will be. But you'll have control of two, two ships, the Jackal, which is the smaller one, and the Retribution, which is uh, your hub. So... See, see, I'm hearing this. I'm just thinking, well, Destiny needs to do well, this. Yeah. Because I, like... We probably should... I don't care. I'm going to admit this. Like... I like Halo. I've played all the Halos. Um, and was it Reach? That had dogfighting in space. That yep. was great. Like yeah. Bungie. Yeah. Why on Bungie earth do we Destiny. not have dogfighting in Destiny? Destiny. Like, amazing. I was absolutely convinced like, in the run up to Destiny all are, with like all the ships items. that you get. Yeah. All like, the loading screens of your ship. Yeah, they're yeah. definitely going to like have to have like dogfighting yeah. in space in their mind. And they haven't yet, but they've done it in their past. And this kind of stuff, that vision, so it's the same company they can share tech if they want. 
it just to me they need to be doing that. Funny you as well. should say share tech because there's a there's a quote on a on the reveal stream, uh, which I'm surprised not that many people have picked up on. When one of the uh, one of the guys said, you know, like we've been sharing tech with a single player guy, so we have Ooh. the tech of the jackal. Ooh. So could that mean like dog fighting in the multiplayer? Oh my Nothing's gosh. confirmed, but that would if that happens. That sounds like you just confirmed it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely not confirmed. This is one hundred percent confirmed. <laughs> this is this is all theory. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's in the feature as well. But um, this is why, like again, like with Black Ops Three, had a very unique structure for Call of Duty with you know your hub worlds, and it feels like they're building on this in the retribution. So the general gist of the story is space Nazis, hmm. uh, okay. essentially. It's, are they zombies also? No, they are just, uh, so they're not actually, they are described as fascists and um, they are a, a, a group of colonists who have gone away from Earth to uh, mine for resources Ooh. out in the galaxy and they've decided that they've had enough of that and they're going to invade Earth. Oh, okay, cool. So Casual. There's, there's a lot of places you'll go to, like Titan, which is one of the moons of Saturn, uh, where Earth is like, set up to mine for natural resources. Um, so it, it reminded me, like, the story from the way it's been described so far reminds me a lot of the original Killzone. You know, humanity's, like, twisted, distorted brother coming back to haunt it. So I'm, you know, I'm down to clown with that. Pretty gritty then, I guess. Um, but one of, and another thing that hasn't really cropped up as well is that Jacob Minkoff and Taylor Kurosaki are guys who worked on Naughty Dog, worked on The Last of Us and Charted 2. They, they joined Infinity Ward to work on this game. Oh, wow. All of a sudden you've got like a company who are, uh, two guys who have worked on some industry standard setting single player mm -hmm. campaigns moving to a series that is kind of, Although it's been doing, like, fine work for the last few years. Again, another unpopular opinion, but Call of Duty campaigns are a lot of fun to play. Uh, uh, you know what? I, oh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, two, I'm two years behind in my Call of Duty. So I, ever since Call of Duty 2, have been playing every Call of Duty on Veteran. Um, the one exception... Oh, no, so Call of Duty 3, which was Treyarch's first episode, was a bit pap. I gave up halfway through on that. But the rest are done on Veteran, barring... It's so many disclaimers. Black Ops 2, which I was reviewing... Uh, an event for a few days and I didn't want to run the risk of not seeing the credits because we have like a need to finish the game, see the credits mm -hmm, policy mm -hmm. before we stick a score on a game. Um, not everyone does. Uh, so other than that, I've been veteran and everything, um, but I've not played it for the last two years. So my time off, I played Advanced Warfare and I've just borrowed Black Ops 3 from you, so I'm going to be playing that through as well. Good, good, um, good job and, I haven't been dropping spoilers in the office about that. And, uh, and you know what? They're... They get a bad rap these days, and they're not as good as Modern Warfare was, I'll give them that, but I still have a lot of time for sitting down and just playing a fun campaign. They're Advanced uh, Warfare, I had a right old time with it. I really enjoyed it. They, they've like they've got the art of that sort of six to eight hour campaign, just barreling yeah. on through set pieces to dust a stuff. Like There's that bit where you're driving up to the Golden Gate Bridge, and it's oh. so poorly executed. Um, like they, they need to kind of realise where their strengths are in some, some sections. Well, I mean, but... they almost have, because Modern Warfare is coming out again as a remaster. Spoilers! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, to, way to ruin the segment. Uh, no, but I mean, like, yeah, so, obviously, in, and this is where a lot of the backlash against Infinite Warfare has come from, mm. the fact the only way to get Modern Warfare remastered yeah. at the time of us talking is to pre-order Infinite Warfare's deluxe edition, right. which is around like 80 quid. So I completely understand. That's like two full price games, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's transparent in terms of Activision saying, you want Modern Warfare, you're going to have to get the new one. But 
on the other hand, like if you're Modern into Warfare. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like Modern Warfare. It's pretty legendary. Like, I, I really don't think you can overstate just how important Modern Warfare is to modern shooters. Um in terms of the its campaign is yeah. industry defining. Its multiplayer is industry defining. Like this was a ground zero moment. So for... give me give me like give me like the the, the the few points that basically makes modern warfare like just industry defining. Wait, have I've, you I'm, not played it? No, I'm not. Holy crap. I'm not huge into my god. I, I played. C- can we can we not just give her a copy of the game and say you have to? Oh, play it totally as play it. How long is the ca- yeah. campaign? Like eight hours? Seven seven hours? Like I would, de- I, I would love yeah. to play it because I I just it's reverential tones like all the way about modern like, warfare and I, I've only ever played a little bit of I mean, that, like zombies mode where you're like boarding up windows oh, no, no, and that's, shooting that's like zombies. Not modern that's modern warfare. That's what it was. Yeah, that I've, I've played. Loads of World War with my, with my cousins. World of I War just is didn't. Poor, yeah, poor I, I was just like, why would anyone yeah. play this? So, so uh, Modern Warfare came out a few months after I first joined the industry in two thousand seven, and mm. that was like a <laughs> definitive moment for sure for for shooters, and it was really noticeable. Like the entire shooter genre changed after Modern Warfare, like it changed after the original Halo on the first Xbox, which introduced two weapon systems, offhand grenades, uh, a bunch of other stuff. Um, Half-Life was pretty influential, but if you talk about three or four of the biggest like shooters of all time for influencing the market, mm. Modern Warfare was the one that changed everything. I mean, you've got... It's the one where you had stop to zoom, so like going down the iron sights pretty quickly. Um, even, even now, I'm surprised it's kind of gone away, but shooting through cardboard to hit people so shooting through walls that oh, was a yeah, you can do that in rainbow six no. and stuff you could I, I, I'm, flimsy I'm, objects yeah but i'm gonna challenge that i was the first to do that i don't believe for a second like, i if don't you think go it was the first like, but i remember it being a moment like i, I, it, I think i think really you're talking about um directed levels are like get the all gillied up yeah uh, which which oh, is that's an exercise, when we're in the ghillie suit right that's an exercise yeah. in restraint where actually you don't fire a weapon until the sniping section at the end right. and it like no shooter really maybe maybe valve with half-life when you're walking through city 17 yeah, 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 at the start yeah. of half-life 2 or you you're doing you starting your day at work for the start of half-life other than that there weren't really many that would exercise that restraint mm. um the multiplayer like the ideas behind multiplayer the setup the everything about it that was really the thing that hooked people in but i'm doing a like campaign a real disservice there. there's tons yeah. of stuff but i think uh, and one of the things a lot of people forget about the campaign it's one of the only uh, cods mm. to actually sort of criticize warfare mm. and and uh, not treat it as a spectacle i think in I, terms I, I of don't think there's aftermath s- s- yeah, I think the AC one hundred and forty. I don't think it's like superb. Like it's not like Generation Kill, where it's this very serious subtext. But there are moments where it kind I think of during the game. I think COD from the start was an anti-war game because, like, and they really lost this. But in the in the first couple on PC, like every time you died, you had that different quote that was flashed up on the screen, and it stayed there for a little while. It was in Modern Warfare as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and then they like killed it off soon after. But that was to me like playing the first Call of Duty. It was seemed anti-war from the beginning and it's very much gone away from that and one of the other really powerful powerful things that modern warfare does is it kills you and i don't want to really say any more than that until you play it but there are a couple of spoilers there's certainly one one scene in particular that's just so memorable i mean off off the bat there's there's like two moments which i can think of again without spoiling it but even then to go back to the multiplayer and this is slightly different because of being an absolute fetus i was uh, still at secondary school when modern warfare came out but i remember it was almost overnight from oh you play games you're a nerd to 
every single yeah. person getting right. an Xbox yeah. or PS3 yeah. to play Modern Warfare. Overnight, the entire school would go home, go online, and you would play. 18-year-olds at the school. Every 18-year-old. <laughs> of course. I think it was a course. 16 plus back then. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's like it was one of those moments where you, I was just at the right age to really see how completely mm. it it, it made gamers out of a lot of people. And even now, you, you know, are, like people go, I'm not really a gamer, I just play Call Cod. of Duty yeah. and FIFA. Yeah, and but FIFA. Like, that's where it but, comes from. Like, But that's like completely legitimate. That's it. It's like those are the, the games mm. that have so, defined a whole generation. So, so currently, like, there's a big battle, as you alluded to earlier, Cod or Battlefield. Now, I'm, I'm kind of sick of the mod- Not sick of it, but it's like I too would like a, you know, going back to World War II or something. So Battlefield 1 is definitely appealing in that sense. Um, and the trailer is astonishing. Like the Battlefield One trailer looks crazy. Brilliant. But the game looks great. But what I would say about this, from the outside looking in, you know, I deliberately stepped back for a couple of months. Um, I just kind of try to keep away from games as much as possible from a professional sense, uh, bar the odd bit of freelance work. Um, <laughs> mostly odd in quotation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> odd. Uh, like everyone's ripping in call, into Call of Duty. And everyone's heaping praise on Battlefield 1. But is it not better that they kind of go in different ways and we get two totally different games? Yeah, rather than two games They both do trench warfare. Like, you know, you you can now play both and enjoy both for different experiences rather than it being one's a retread of the other but isn't quite as good. And also along those lines is that everyone criticises COD, like the campaign all the time now, where COD's... Even at its worst hour, still has a you know an enjoyable few hours campaign. Show me a good Battlefield campaign. I'm sorry, but Ooh. Battlefield does not do good campaigns Battlefield. categorically. Battlefield slammed. Ben Tyra like, looks like he's going to disgrace. Some people like Bad Company, and that's fine. Yeah, I was literally going to say like I Bad Company is not like I wouldn't hold them up as as good as CODs, but Bad no. Company there's fun to be had there. But Battlefield Free campaign, they've talked the talk a bunch of times. Every time there's a new Battlefield, it's like, we've learned the lessons, this campaign's going to bang it out of the park, and they shout the bed. That's the truth. That's <laughs> yeah. the hard pellet truth about it. Here it is. I desperately want Battlefield 1 to be the campaign that we've all dreamed of. However, I've been doing this for almost a decade, and every time there's a new Battlefield, the same, like, the churn of PR is like, yeah, this is the one. This is the one that gets the campaign right. All the same previews written, this is the one that nails the campaign, and mm. the reviews come out it's like campaign's a bit disappointing but once again battlefield's multiplayer is where it's at mm. i don't want that with battlefield one just get it right well the, the the concept for it is so strong this kind of world war one concept but it, that feels like half the battle so yeah. it's like you know what i'm i'm, I'm excited for it yeah i'm definitely excited for yeah. it just just do it do a decent job yeah. and yeah. so this is this is the part where we get into the meat of battlefield one and i i'm with you guys i think battlefield one setting is is fantastic and there's and it's it's interesting we talk about the campaign and the anti-warness of early call of duties because you cannot do a world war one game that isn't anti-war this is the thing and it seems so it's it's like how are you going to pull off a game about world war one one of the most like horrific sort of pointless wars in history already they are like we're already talking up and having spoken to lars gustafson who his quotes uh some of his quotes will be in this issue um he was talking about how melee combat is going to be a big deal and one of the things uh, like paraphrasing him here obviously is that you know this was a time when like you would still go over a trench and go in with nothing but a mace and that was still a viable option a viable tactic so they are talking the talk about 
putting this front and center in terms of being willing to get physical. I mean, yeah. one of your weapons is a shovel. Oh yeah, no. Like I've you're gonna that. get a shovel to smack people about in the face. Yeah. Already, I'm talking about anti-war and yet talking about <laughs> killing smack people, people in, in the face in those yeah. terms. But yeah, it's gonna be like such a tightrope, difficult tightrope to walk in making a game that kind of has Battlefield what people want. Battlefield explosions, it's dynamically yeah. changing levels, while also being able to keep in this fact that World War One is one of the grimmest wars in history, yeah. one where technology was changing so fast. Really difficult thing to do. Mm. I, I'm not quite sure how it was going to happen. Like, I think a lot of us thought when kind of we were first hearing stuff about Battlefield One, we were like, is it going to be some sort of like futuristic kind of like there was talk on like. It? When they first, it was interesting as well because one outlet when they first the first leak of the Battlefield One uh, mm -hmm. cover, they went alternate history confirmed, yeah. and then we it was like, like oh, yeah. no, 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 this is straight World yeah, War which One. Which seems more confusing to me. Like well, I feel like alt history, you'd have so much more scope to kind of, and you'd have much more leeway with making it a you know, not airhead, but certainly a much more like um, a Michael Bay esque ex yeah. experience. And they're, but, they're oh. talking like a lot of that up, mm. like oh, you can get in a tank and do this and that. And there is like very much like you can be on horses, and there is very much a celebratory aspect to it. It's, like I think it's a real challenge to be able to kind of like if they're going to go like proper like hi true to history, like they're saying they are. It's I mean, I, difficult again. I need to sit down and like pour through all the stuff, but mm. you know we, we've had many World War Two games. I see it leaning heavily on what was proven to work for World War Two. I can't really. I know maybe they will do these like stuff like the Somme. I mean that would be utterly harrowing. Maybe they'll do it like in a modern warfare style approach and just have you like going over the top to inevitable death, and that just being a short like thing that's in it, only to like really make you stop and think about what happened in our past it's tricky because it's i know it's 100 years ago now but still it feels like you know relative we won't have immediate relatives who are still around who are involved in it but still mm. family like stories that are still yeah. you know alive the, about that era and it's just like i feel uncomfortable to play that yeah. like, like in an entertainment product. over world war Two is that it was such kind of a needless war in the end and like everyone's so aware of that now and that like it feels like it's going to be like almost a weird meta commentary on on kind of violence i don't know i weird, i mean it, this is this is one of the big things and it's why like and i think this this is not to do a disservice to battlefield one like i'm extremely excited to play this game like dice have proven time and time and time again Again, they know how to make a multiplayer mm. shooter, but I'm fully on board with what you guys are saying about how do you address such a like a horrible moment in history while mm. still entertaining people enough to keep on playing rather than doing the thing you would do presented with this is like no, thank you. That is enough. <laughs> enough <laughs> yeah. harrowing death for me today. Oh man, I remember playing. Um, the, was it the D-Day level in? It was Allied Assault. I think it was on PC. The D-Day like mm. opening that. Ooh. Oh, I remember doing I, that. I believe this. That is a nice little mention of your debate entry oh, there as well. Yeah, Medal of Honor. I do want a new Medal of Honor. I don't know why. Like, I think it probably is. Anyone just... who played the last game don't know why. Either. <laughs> I think it probably <laughs> is just nostalgia. But, 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 but let's really let's wrap up this debate now. Ooh, Jen, yeah. Battlefield or COD? Which one of the two is sounding more exciting? Uh, and, and, and we gonna like take modern warfare out of the equation yes. here because that's a known quantity yeah yeah, yeah. yeah infinite warfare or a battlefield one yeah just as someone who who hasn't really got so much prior knowledge of shooters i'm probably gonna say cod which is, is weird just i mean probably because
because you kind of build it to me like it's kind of like destiny now. <laughs> Matt build it so, to you like it's kind of like destiny. Maybe there's dogfighting. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I would I would just definitely pick COD. Like, I think even the trailer, yeah, bar the music, which I thought was pants. I, like, the trailer to me looked really exciting. And I'm excited about Battlefield, but there is that cloud of, oh, how, how are they going to quite pull it off? Not quite sold yet, but like could come out and probably like balance it perfectly. I don't know. Um... You've written about I'm both. I'm typically a COD player, okay. and I think this year is going to be the same. I will, I will definitely play both. Yeah. And uh, I think Battlefield 1's uh, certainly setting is obviously, as we've already seen, the, the debate is yeah. between us. It's more interesting. But with Call of Duty, I I think quietly they're assembling like a really, mm. really good Call of Duty this year. And it's such a shame that a lot of the reaction has been backlash against yeah. a very poor pre-order policy. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't wait and for Infinite it Warfare. Seems, it seems like they're keeping quite a lot of secrets quite well as well. Very, very quiet about stuff. And I think, I mean, you've said this before about games, like the more you can keep secret and a yeah. surprise, oh, the better it's going to be. I'm going to be Mr. Contrarian, but it's like a risk. So I know that COD, in spite of it doing loads of different things, I still see it as a known quantity. I know that I'm going to have fun with it. I know it's dependable in that sense. Whereas Battlefield, I don't, I can't guarantee that I am, but it's really exciting me mm. like destiny still well not still because i've not played it in months but destiny <laughs> pushes my space buttons and i'm not saying that car can't do that as well but nothing's pushing the buttons for me that battlefield one is currently so of the two like i'll play both and i know that i'll love card and i don't know that i'll love battlefield one however at this point in time battlefield one is the one that i'm more interested in well and that's just the, because that's the thing that's the one where like to be honest like cod sounds more exciting to me and i i want more space yeah. i want more space buttons to push but but the idea where i'm like i'm i'm hearing about battlefield one and i'm like i don't know if i can not play this game because mm. i just want to see what what is going to happen no <laughs> jen you you just told us you've got space buttons Space buttons. I do. You've also got platformer buttons. I've got all the buttons. I've got so many buttons. So how <laughs> did our third cover feature, ukulele, push your platformer buttons oh, this month? Well, the thing about ukulele is that it is... I mean, Playtonics are taking care of it, right? Playtonic Games are taking care of it. They've they've had, I think, the most funded UK Kickstarter of all mm. time behind this game. Do, do, I mean, just for people who aren't in the know, especially this being a PlayStation mag, PlayStation heritage, Playtonic is a small independent studio that was essentially not risen from the ashes because Rare's not dead, but depending on who you speak with. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't know that. Rare, oh, I I've got a lot of love for Rare, but... It was a splinter group of developers yeah. who left Rare uh, to start their own studio. And these are guys who worked on Banjo-Kazooie. Um, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Conker, yeah. Um, more recent stuff, you know, Grab by, by, the, by the Goonies, all that stuff. Yeah. But it's very much, they broke away and their intention was to go make a classic 3D platformer of the N64 era, let's be honest, because they weren't getting that opportunity. Yeah, They went to Kickstarter with ukulele tons of people funded oh it. it exploded um, i went up to the studio shortly after just to see like a little sandbox area they were toying with and to chat with the team but yeah jen this issue in the mag that's just on sale this week uh they brought it to the office to, to opm towers and you sat down with it and saw lots of stuff i did uh how is I'll it i'll talk about it it is it is wonderful i mean the first thing that probably like really surprised me is like going in I was slightly skeptical um because the only thing I'd seen of this game before was like a like a, a 10 minute 
maybe not even that. I think it's like five minutes on YouTube of like the build that perhaps you saw or mm -hmm. a little bit later where it was all kind of, it was like a tutorial area. It was kind of jungly. They were collecting these sort of gold coin kind yeah. of tokens, like all that. And I was like, it, it looks cute and they're cute characters and I can see them moving and, and everything, but like it didn't look like a PS4 game. Um, so it, like hearing about this, you know, and having just played Ratchet and Clank for a review for the mag and, and that done so well and it like that looked absolutely stunning on PS4. Yeah. Like, I mean, like before Uncharted 4 came out and I think I wrote this in my review, I was like, it is the best looking game on PS4. And then Nate came along with his stupid pretty face. Um, but that was amazing and then I was like oh I'm a bit worried it's just going to be a sort of like maybe they're going to stick too close to kind of the N64 stuff and I'm sure people wouldn't mind that because the people who funded this game are, are big retro fans I wouldn't mind retro. that like, I'll be honest that's well, what I want I mean that's funny you should say that because there is an unlockable shader in the game that yeah. makes it look like an N64 oh, game I'm not saying I want that <laughs> But it, you won't want it because when you see this game on PS4, like my eyes near on, like did a proper like googly eye rare pop out of my head because it looks amazing. And like having just kind of gone in after having a little look at the footage and being like, oh, I hope it doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like that. It's absolutely gorgeous. Like you can really tell that they've like polished it up so much from mm. the initial concept. And it's a simple concept. And it's what's always worked is that you've got these two kind of like really colourful, exciting characters that kind of con contrast against each other. you kind of got a big sort of slower one that like is doing the moving and, and, and kind of the sensible one. And then you've kind of got the, the squeaky little sidekick on their shoulder. Um, so it, it's, it kind of like, it recalls Banjo-Kazooie, but like seeing, seeing the, the worlds are huge. Like, first of all, like the levels are massive. Um, so they're not only gorgeous and, and, and detailed and, and sparkling and all lovely PlayStation sheen, but like also you can see so many things in the distance that you can actually like go to. Um, the levels are so much bigger than they, they were in kind of like the old Banjo games, like, you know, the first one in Tui. Um, and you can, you know, you can jump on all of it and like the more moves you unlock, the further you can go and the higher up you can go or the lower down. And then also there's uh, things in the game that let you completely alter parts of the levels. So okay. you can take some parts underwater or perhaps freeze over one part that will kind of give you access or new platforms to whole new areas. So it's like... I mean, rather than kind of the linear experience, mm -hmm. really, that like the Banjo games and old Rare games were, like there's very much an aspect of, okay, where do I want to go first and what do I want to do? And, or completely... Sounds even more Mario-ish yeah. than yeah. Banjo was. Yeah, definitely. And like that obviously was inspired by like, yeah. you know, the the Mario, Mario games and, and the way you would progress through that. Um, but yeah, ukulele feels like so much more modern in that it's taking those ideas that you would get in a Mario yeah. game, like oh little little uh, little thing you collect, and then it makes like two Marios and then four Marios. I like mean, it's cherries. important as well that we use the M word and the B word and yeah. stuff because it, you know, we're totally truthful here. PlayStation hasn't it's had great platformers mm. uh, and great games that are classed as platformers, but it hasn't had a great Mario. No, game not really like, and i don't mean a game with the plumber yeah. with the blue dungaree <laughs> like i mean a, a game of that ilk yeah you look back spyro is probably the closest yeah um crash bandicoot was different jack and daxter was very different the first one was the closest precursor's legacy then but then it kind of spliced in yeah, gta dna in there like ape escape it wasn't really a platformer like no. in that same sense mm. all great games i'm not 
doing any of them down but mm. we don't you look back we haven't got something that competes yeah. and you know what i'm i'm not saying that ukulele is going to be a new mario 64 <laughs> mario. or a mario galaxy well, we are of course we're getting gex the gecko let's not <laughs> yeah, yeah deliberately so but like <laughs> actually platonic what they've got here they're the talent who made like some of yeah. these games 20 years ago in terms of banjo kazooie and I'm, I'm looking at it thinking this is genuinely our mario That's or has the potential to be definitely because it, it, it just taps into that simple kind of impulse to be like i want to like jump around in beautiful worlds with funny little characters and like interact with the world and i want to collect everything that i can and i want to unlock secrets yeah. and it like taps into that very like the core like people who play games like that response yeah. of like oh there's so much to do and see and explore and find and and discover and i think there's going to be so many secrets hidden in this game like talking to the guys they're already revealing like that there's so many easter eggs and like there's so many different kind of like hidden abilities that you'll find and then you'll be like oh that that bit of the level looks a bit weird i wonder if i like rolled into it or did this right. and then it'll unlock like a whole new part of the level that's like so much more challenging because you've kind of proven yourself um so like just beyond uh what like the new ratchet and clank did mm. making a, a beautiful slick um just sensory experience of bouncing around and and collecting things and just like enjoying itself and just having fun like i think it's going to do that too but it's also going to take it so much further um in that you'll really kind of feel like you're properly interacting mm. with this world whereas i mean ratchet and clank like is a beautiful experience to run through but like the the idea that you'll be able to have some sort of agency over this world and and where you go and how you do things like is really exciting and modern but it's it's just got all that old banjo yeah. great stuff as well like we ran into an NPC who was a skeleton called Clara who was uh, being cooked in a cauldron over a fire um, and she was talking to us and they have all those those gibberish voices again that um, and I was talking to Chris Sutherland who's like director of the game he's like a rare legend um, and and he's doing the voices for yeah. ukulele again and he was saying how um, making the gibberish is really interesting because it's actually so much more complicated yeah. than you would think it's not just going like meh, 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 into a mic like they have to they record every single little sound according to kind of like how that character looks and how they'll That was be. a good gibberish for us, Jen. I think we should suggest that she voices Clara or whatever. Well, it's yeah. funny because um, Kickstarter backers, the guys are saying to me that they've got about 15 Kickstarter backers who have obviously like donated enough to actually become voices Why in the game. Why didn't you donate enough? <laughs> I wish I could. Come I wish on. I could She's on stuff right outrageous. Come, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I'd love to be Clara the skeleton. Um, but yeah, just little touches like that. Like this, the font they've made for the game, which looks like Banjo Kazooie's font, it's actually all new and they've, they've sourced it out and had it made mm. bespoke for the game. Um, and there's so many little unlockable things. There's a vending machine character called Vendi who will sell you kind of like different buffs for your abilities, but also kind of like little fun kind of uh, modifiers mm. like there were in Ratchet, like you could collect like rupees or whatever instead of bolts. Um, it can, you know, you can have Yuka, the chameleon, use his tongue to, like, grab collectibles and stuff instead of just running into them. Um, it, again, it just seems like experiences that's, that's built around fun and movement, and they say they're still tweaking so much stuff to do with the movement and, like, jump heights and the way things feel and the way Yuka's head tilts as he go right. round, ra goes around a corner. Like, it has to feel very tactile. Like, I mean, that's what we all want from platformers, mm. right, is just to feel like you know you can bounce around you feel like you're inhabiting that character and and yeah i mean movement's the most important thing and that's what they've got at the forefront and it, it 
it is amazing. I'm so excited for it. it. It's a good time for like <laughs> modify modifiers and stuff for games. Like Uncharted has a really yeah, good suite. Yeah, it does, right? Like putting on cell shaded graphics and all that stuff when you finish it. It's, it's really fun. It's, it's like fun. way we, we more, more, way more than cosmetic. Like I think it can yeah. like it encourages you to play the game more because you just want to like run around in the yeah, N64 like, yeah, world. Yeah, uh, like the golden eye days when you'd get a certain time on a certain level unlock paintball mode and yeah. head, like that sort of stuff bring it back yeah, and don't definitely. do it as microtransactions if yeah. you do your scum well exactly well these are all <laughs> subhuman these scum. are all unlocked by like um there's like collectibles in the games that you can find and then you use them as currency to like unlock those things so it's like yeah and it's like ratchet and clank you get that's what the gold bolts are used for now yeah. it's not for the the weapons it's for it's for modifiers i think that's such a cool way to do it so definitely check out in the latest issue call of duty issue jen's feature on ukulele it's a really good feature he says having not read it yet <laughs> hey i'm only just back there's lots um, of kind of fun little things that i've noticed and i had a great interview with chris sutherland um where i really sort of quizzed him on some of the stuff that will be in the game and, and kind of their personal approach on on how they make ukulele kind of fresh off the back of banjo yeah. you know they they know everyone kind of wants banjo three but like this is something new and something even more exciting and um i think yeah it was super exciting talking to them you can read all of it in the issue there's, it's so there's, good. Uh, like we're gonna do more stuff on ukulele as well in the future of opm there's something that we're working on with the team currently that i can't talk about just because it isn't confirmed yet there are contracts that need to be signed like that's how serious a thing it is but we're hoping to cook up something really 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 special for opm readers uh the the, the game's delay to 20, uh, 2017 has mm -hmm. shifted things somewhat we were looking at the next couple of months but conversations are to be had but i'll update you in a future podcast as to what that might be is all very cryptic um but it's really frigging cool like if you care about not just ukulele but the heritage of the studio it came from and the memories of n64 platforming oh my and i'll say no more oh my goodness then we're gonna do something <laughs> that's gonna blow your socks off get ready for some more light body cows oh my goodness oh, that is so exciting um Hey, speaking of light bar decals, Ben, you might laugh, but this issue comes with 20 yes! of them and they're, and they're so bloody good. brilliant. They're so and what good. What have we got? We've got Uncharted 4 decal, yep. we've got Doom, Doom, we've got my personal favourite, The Witness. We've got Dark Souls, Praise the Sun. Dark Souls, we've got The Division. We've got the two, like, portal uh, yes. logos. Yeah, portal, we've got Ratchet Bolt, we've got. Uh, there's something else that Mass Effect. Is uh, there a Mass Effect? Yeah, there's Mass Effect yeah. one. And, oh, and, God, and you've so got good. the N7. Lots of lovely stuff. Yeah, so like many lovely stuff. PS4 but all our lovely readers will forgo those for the one that just says official PlayStation Magazine UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'd the like only one you so. want. Oh, yeah, there's a Firewatch the one as well. There's yes, a no, one. the Firewatch one is the one I deliberately took oh, off. Firewatch. I got, we had a few extra sheets in the uh, office, so I put one on my desk and then yes, I put one on our controller. On the pad. I did Firewatch it last, last week, and I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. See, this is the thing, because I gave my Firewatch light bar decal to Bentyra because for me, I didn't I didn't actually like the game we too much. So, and Ben loves it. We haven't even had this conversation yet, but oh, no, because you, you were out of the office when you finished Firewatch, but me yeah. and Jenna had this conversation ages ago. But Matt Gilman's edit, Games Master Editor, Matt Gilman, is on my side. He thinks the story is shonkily he done. Also, he also hates Life is Strange. That's so. true, yeah. so I can't what believe anything Gilman he says. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my own here. Forget Gilman. Like, <laughs> no. It's all about OPM. Um, yeah, I, I won't go too much. We won't go too much into it because oh, I want to talk spoilers. Out, guys. But I know what the rest of the out. afternoon after this yeah, podcast no, recording is going to be. It's fine. I, I just loved it. It's a nice little 
getting to escape in. Again, sit down, play it through with the wife. It's a perfect game for that. I would say, yeah, I would definitely say, um, like, what is, what, 15 quid maybe on the store? I, I bought it in like the sale. That. It was down to like 11, 11 quid and I yeah. got it with the um, background as well. Yeah, from I mean, I, I didn't... Oh, that, worth it just that background. Oh, that dynamic yeah. background is amazing. I mean, like, even, even though I personally kind of felt it dropped off towards the end like i think it's still a great game the writing in it yeah. is probably the best well, I mean, writing i've I mean, ever that's, that's, had since portal that's what for i me. paid it for like yeah it you say it dropped off i say it became something different and i don't mind what it became right it became yeah a different game i think i had but, expectations but i still yeah. had like a small part of me mourned for the game i thought it was going that's to that's exactly what i had, and it just yeah. depends on like whether you're prepared for that and whether you have time for the game it becomes Definitely. and I, th I think the game yeah. it becomes is actually closer to life is strange to be honest uh, yeah, like, at where, like where it just goes. Just pure narrative yeah. and like less exploration. And I thought it was a shame because I was looking forward to being the explorer yeah. and it didn't give me that opportunity. I think or, or I never in, quite got over that with or, that. Or, yeah. or not in a sense that, I mean, I could do it if I wanted to, but it felt like I was then going against a narrative grain yeah, to yeah, do definitely, so. Because I did our review for OPM, gave yep. it an eight back in issue one, two, one. I think. Potentially, yeah. Maybe, yeah. No Man's Sky? Yeah. Guys, I write, yeah. I'll double check, but I reckon. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it is interesting uh, hearing you both uh, talk about how you kind of mourn for the game. It wasn't, like, for me, my, my big issue with the game was half, I think it went in direction in the middle of the game, which I wasn't too on board with, but that ending and that final mm. stretch, like, completely nah, brought me, me back around. Rubbish but also in terms of you talking about exploring yeah, I agree completely with Matt. Like, I I actually went out my way in some levels to go right. I'm actually going to do this instead. Yeah. And there's nothing there. That's when like that. But world it's cool fills. to then finish it though, and and look at Easter eggs and stuff that are in that game. And think, oh, yeah. I never yeah. went there, and there was a thing there that I yeah. never saw. It's it's just a shame so. you have to get there on the right day. Yeah, How and and it's not. It's not a case of... Um, you don't want to do like laps on multiple days and stuff, just yeah. in case there's something missing. I, mean, I think regardless, I mean, it's it's definitely one, and it was like Life is Strange, where you'll probably come down on one of two sides, yep. but I think regardless, like, it's generally on sale on PS Store. It's probably about maybe, I think it took me three or four hours. Yeah. I think it's well worth a play, and like, let us know what you think, because I need someone to be very, on my side. <laughs> very much a game you sort of marinate in, and you really just like... Oh, marin marinade? Yeah. Oh, you ben. just stay in that world and you just drink it all in. You drink it all in through your pores. Yeah. You well, after you've <laughs> marinated it. Exactly. You marinate <laughs> your body in it and then you drink it. I think where I'm going with this metaphor, which is definitely getting edited out, <laughs> where I go with this. So better not be. Someone's we'll be getting checking. docked. Hey, if this is edited out. Anyway, that's yes. a, little, a little break away from the issue. Let's go back to the issue momentarily. We talked about the shooter special. We talked about ukulele. Uh, I want to talk about a game that I reviewed, uh, other than Hitman, this issue, which is Doom. Doom. Doom is a great FPS. Have either of you played it? Yes. I've not yeah. played as much as... Uh, I've got, like, halfway through oh, at the I moment. I am dying to play it, and I'll tell you why. Because I love... A because you're 18 now. <laughs> you just turned 18. I finally can! You can play a game I've got the provisional cool. driving license, and then down to game. I'm going to walk game. into game, slap it on the tap counter, and be like, give me One of your doom. finest Dooms, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Sorry, yes. I love just I, I love the thrill of like barreling through something shooting incredibly gory crazy animations like being sort of getting a sort of crazy visceral reward for just absolutely barreling through everything and i remember reading the preview back in 
I think it was, oh, I can't remember which issue of OPM, but a few months back and we had someone preview the game and I think the little box out quote was like, um, uh, like movement is everything, stopping is death. Yeah. And t for me, like that completely defines everything I want in the game. I just want to go and go and go and go and go. It, it totally is. Like there are, this is a line I've already said like twice on the podcast. I say it again. It's not perfect. I will change a couple of things. <laughs> um, like it doesn't always do like the, the big arena thing that like it could do with more bigger arenas and just chucking everything at once rather than slightly smaller areas and then three or four waves of things spawning in. I think right. that's a bit of a shame. Maybe something to rectify in the sequel. There will definitely be a sequel to that mm. because that's, it's gone down so well. Yeah, I won't talk about the ending. It's gone down so well. And everyone freaking loves it. So there's no doubt in my mind they'll make another. Um, but just gunplay is, that is the heart That's of that what game. it's all about. Yeah. Gunplay, but also in the sense that it incorporates that movement. So yeah, it, you've always got to be on the move, but also the really good thing that it does, and too few games dare to do this. The first, bizarrely, especially given how the sequels turned out, the first Homefront did this really well as well. Oh. So I don't want to pull out the bag, but I... I Especially considering I the other big it. review we've got on this issue. I remember doing the playing the first Homefront and this also nailing this. It gives you a bunch of guns or... Well, Homefront didn't give you the guns. In Doom, you, you collect them and you keep them. Homefront, you didn't. But there's opportunity to use a bunch of guns, whether it's picking up or in your inventory. And the ammo counts are all really low. Oh, and so what that means is that you're forever swapping weapons. In Doom, nice. it means you're changing your weapon wheel around. In Homefront, it meant you were dropping your gun and picking up something else from mm -hmm. a dead body. But that alone, that rhythm of swapping weapon, swapping weapon, it's, it just gives it a unique feel rather than you get one gun and you use it all the way through a Call of Duty level, for instance. Yeah. It's the same and with me in Destiny. It's like you can switch weapons I never do as long as I have enough like, ammo yeah, for my yeah, primary. Yeah, totally. And there's, you know what, there's... There's absolute places in the world for games where you just stick with your one or two favourite guns and that's all you use. But it's also really good to have a shooter where it not only encourages but forces you to mix it up. That's cool. And like that combined with like forever having to move to keep out of you know the firing line of demons charging at you or whatever and getting around to the weaker backs for certain ones that are armoured and all this stuff running in close. You've got to run in close a lot and melee kill things. Oh, nice. And it doesn't really matter in terms of rewards, but if you want to, you can melee kill things in different ways. So if you want, you can just like walk up to everything, just melee kill it from the front, have the same animation over and over and over and over again. But that's no fun. Like, why not jump in once, get a different one where you jump down and curb stomp them? And oh, another no one where you, you go in low and you sweep out their leg and pull off an arm or whatever it is. Oh, cool. And depending on how you get in close to a demon that's flashing, which means they're good to be melleed, um, you can mix it up and suddenly it became less of a shooter and more of a just violent gunny tony hawk and it felt oh, like, you're like comboing a, like yeah combo yeah and it forever. wasn't explicit in the sense of bullet storm where it's flashing up combo meters yeah. it didn't need to do that because it was just it's the organic. fun was there and i found myself jumping from ledge to ledge to set up certain kills swapping weapons as i'm jumping and you just fall into this groove and groove that is just uniquely but totally true to Doom. I've just got like this Doom. vision of you like doing stepping stones on a line of demons' it's, heads. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great, and it like and it's packed with secrets in a way that again feels like you're playing the first Doom rather than any game since with secrets and stuff. It it's just it, it lives up to its name. 
and that is such a, a strange thing to say th- you know when you think about what the original doom did yeah and what this had to live up to that is a big and it totally does in single player anyway yeah, yeah. i mean um, i was just going to say like the the two things uh, to kind of echo what you were saying there like the level design is sort of at the moment probably some of the best level mm. fps level design on the console like there's Secrets within secrets within secrets. We were talking with art editor Milf Kopak, who sadly didn't want to be here today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, and we were talking about how we got the plasma rifle in the second mission, and he hadn't. But yeah. it's one of those things where to get it, you need to not only find a secret area underneath, you need to find a secret area within that secret ah, area. Okay. So it is it's rabbit hole. <laughs> incredibly labyrinth, but supremely satisfying in its design. But with the upgrades you get for weapons as well, do you go for? I think on my uh, shotgun, I went for like the grenade launcher. Yeah, you eventually get both. Like you can yeah. select both and just tap up on the D-pad to swap between the two oh, attachments. Nice. So you like you'll see Doom guy like pull something off a gun and pull. It. Well, I don't think you see him pull it off actually, but you see him. Yeah, you, you like he put something um, on. But yeah, some secrets you'll find like little Doom Guy models, and when you pick oh, it up, I've, your Doom Guy like I've pick it up and then like animation. play with yeah. his arm and stuff, oh, so twist it and look at it. I've Discord. seen like loads, fist of, part. Yeah, exactly. loads of gifs on Twitter, yeah, of like that fist part, and the animation is gorgeous. It yeah, looks it's amazing. Just, like, there's so much heart in that game that, and you see like tons of games do cutscenes and characters and all this stuff, and they'll try and put it, put in funny things, or, and it just doesn't come across. And just like the animation of your arms mm. alone mm. give you more character than nice. other games with script writers and all this stuff at, you know attempt to do pretty impressive fail, for a game that face. basically just has a reputation for just fountains of blood yeah. coming out of yeah, people's heads to also have that kind of intimacy yeah, is kind it of cool. has the fountains of blood and stuff good it's, it's not <laughs> a, not in a gratuitous way like it might have been perceived to have had in the past mm. but yeah it's it's great it's is that is that more times catching up with doom though yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 100%. Um, like, it doesn't try and nuke it. Like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> my disc snapping hands are ready. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so, I mean, that's just like a tiny taster of what's what's in the issue that's on shelves. As we, as we said, it comes with the 20 uh, PS4 pad decals. Definitely something for everyone there. Uh, so, that alone. You should get it, get the issue oh, and decorate just, your pads with the latest games. Praise the sun's um, going on mine. <laughs> but, but it's a really cool issue. Like Ben Wilson, who was a former editor before my time, he came back for two months. He did the Ghostbusters issue. He did this issue. Both fab, fab mags. A lot of pressure on me to make sure the next oh. one is as good. Um, but there's some really, really cool things in the issue. Leading on Ben's shooter feature, Jen's um, ukulele feature but also some really really cool previews stuff such as Dishonored 2 we've been hands-on with Dishonored 2 uh or maybe we haven't maybe we've seen Dishonored 2 I wasn't around we, we've got a lot of Dishonored 2 <laughs> just just yeah that's that's where I'll cut that off uh Neo which Jen has played which how's this for a sell it's Onimusha meets Dark Souls that's all we're going to say about it's it right so now it's so good if Jen didn't write that phrase in the preview her pen is getting docked it's, it's not my and, it's not and my I'm Neo. writing it when it's I do my, my Neo. I, I'm writing it when no, I, I do my no I just played preview. the demo well, well there's we, your strap uh, we, we, we had the most amazing strap come in from our freelancer James Nouch for that Neo preview it's oh do you do, you've been playing it but you didn't no I played the demo but James wrote uh, the thing okay. yeah get ready for a future issue where I stick a wallet line on that says on a motion meets dark souls because that's exactly what it is <laughs> and it's something that you should actually re- we've not talked about it much 
but we're very excited for it in the office and you should be very excited for it too. And there'll so. be more about that in our E3 twin issue as well. There'll be a little bit about little it in bit. the E3 issue, but there'll be a hell of a lot about it in one of the issues uh, after. I can promise you that. Um, we need Persona, to talk about that final boss. Oh, oh my goodness, like Gran Turismo Sport, we've gone hands-on with that this issue. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot more hands-on stuff in the next issue, which we're currently working on at the moment, which will be the double E3 twin issue. Um, but yeah. Bit of hands on on GT Spot and that, um, just loads of goodness. So it, it's brilliant, good and we're still running that amazing subscription offer where you subscribe. This is for our UK readers. If you subscribe, you can get free Funko Pop figures of Nathan Drake and Kratos. And Kratos. Yeah. Speaking I've... of Kratos, E3 next week. Fingers crossed. <gasps> oh my gosh! Everybody, hold your breath. <laughs> well, uh, we 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 um. We don't know what Sony's got up their sleeves, but I think that's number one on our office list. Of all, number two, um, PS Home Remastered is the main one we're waiting for. Right? It, hey, you know, it's uh, be nice to see that done right. I want to see. I want to see more Destiny stuff. I do. Like, especially having played so much Overwatch now, like I'm really. Well, Rise of Iron. Like, well, I, I, we barely no, no, know anything about it, but th I'm this ready. podcast's out on Friday. Rise of Iron <gasps> is out there already. So, oh, yeah. listeners, we don't know all the details about it right now, but by the time you're listening to this. By the time my voice is plugged into your ears, you will know all about Rise of Iron. Oh. And we'll have a, a bunch of stuff about it and in the And I will probably well. be losing my mind on so, Twitter. So, yeah, Jen, that's, that's coming tomorrow <laughs> as we record it. Oh, so. yes. Or, or what's the date? Maybe it's today. I don't know what day it is. Oh, it wait. It is um, the 8th today. So, oh, no, it's Watch Dogs uh, oh, 5. Yeah. But, Watch Dogs 5. But Destiny's like... You, you, I'm so excited for that. Like having readers are listening and thinking Jen's so in the past. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm um, I've just been in an Overwatch hole. I can't. I can't escape. I need. I need the Lords of Iron to lift me up from my Overwatch hole. Give me something no, you don't new want to play that with. All. New to play with. Some melee weapons, maybe that hammer. <gasps> oh, uh, I'm so excited. Anyway, we next week. We're not gonna. Um, worry too much about that in this podcast our next podcast will be all about the stuff jen will be giving you her direct opinions of the games that she played yes. on the show floor uh there'll be a ton of stuff there's some stuff i can't talk about that i know it's coming it's <laughs> freaking brilliant like i'm losing my mind because i i've got holes in this issue that we're working on right now and i got the name of the games on the flat plan <laughs> so i know what's going in there and i just like i want to write about this i want to see this i want to write about oh my it goodness. i can't wait i can't wait but matt of course yeah. is talking about tony hawk's pro skate 6 oh tony my hawk's goodness yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> let's move on for that we've got some questions from readers yeah uh, so let's jump into those it's the best uh, ben do you want to take the lead because i think you gather these questions together yes as ever i am a opm's question master Question uh, master, question time. That's why time. I employed him. <laughs> and only that reason as well. The role of question master for OBM. <laughs> uh, his writing's not great, but it's question of gathering ability solid. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, so our first question comes from Brian Charles Osborne. Hey, you say that, but on this sheet that you wrote out, it says Brain Charles Osborne. Maybe hey. maybe he's called Brain. I as I want, just said. I don't want to judge. Not the, not the reason why you hired me for <laughs> <laughs> Um, for the question master. And so this is this is our only question on uh, the Battlefield coughing. Um Will Battlefield 1 have an actual single player mode with a campaign or will it just be a big multiplayer running gun like the last EA Dice game, Star Wars Battlefront? I think we've already talked about it earlier. Yeah, there definitely will be a campaign. We've got... I think EA's also come out. Uh, well, not EA so much, but in a conference call when the execs have sort of admitted that 
Battlefront launching without a campaign was a bit of a misstep mm, for them. Mistake. It being, you know, multiplayer only, effectively, well, campaignless, um, was something that didn't really pay off. So I think there will be another Battlefront, and you'll probably see a, a campaign brought onto that. But oh, yeah, Battlefield's fun. definitely yeah. a campaign. There's a little bit more information about that in the mag. Um, suffice to say, on sale now. Zing. 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 Zing, guys, and all good news agents, <laughs> um, and supermarkets. <laughs> Anywhere you want it. Um, oh, God. Wow. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but it. yeah, no. Um, so one of the one of the things that uh, we, we, we've heard about is the fact there'll be multiple protagonists throughout that campaign. Ooh. But again... Do you get to play? Yeah, all of them then. Oh, do you that's, know how many? I... <gasps> if you told me, you'd have to kill me. No. With a shovel. <laughs> it just I want to keep I want to save some juicy stuff for the mag. Oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, so we we know there'll be multiple protagonists uh, or multiple perspectives. Okay. I believe the term was used. Uh, so perspectives rather than protagonists. Hmm. I wonder what animals you'll be playing mm, as. It's gonna be like a yeah, pigeon. Oh my thing. god, pigeon mini game where you have to like deliver messages <gasps> you across carry the song. A pigeon. Yes, I would play that. <laughs> that's the VR experience. My <laughs> 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 bird flight. Battlefield wings. Uh, our next question is from David North, who on Twitter is at David North Art, and that is: Will there be a warp pad fast travel system like in Banjo Tooie? Yeah. Uh, well, hang on, you need to put this in some context. This is talking about ukulele, right? This is talking about Battlefield One still. Yeah. No, it's talking will about ukulele, be, of course. Because the way you presented it was just like life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, will there be who, a warp system like say? in Banjo Tooie? Sorry, oh. this is he is of course asking about ukulele. Yes. Yeah. So... yeah Darren had one job to read the <laughs> oh, question master. Read the questions. <laughs> yeah, is that so... my fourth P45 of the month now? <laughs> <laughs> yep, so like we were saying, so for this, uh, for the feature I did, uh, Playtonic Games brought in um, uh, basically the latest up-to-date builds of the game. Um, but yes, there will absolutely be a warp system and I didn't manage to get that in the feature in the mag, so it's a good, ch- good chance to talk about it here on the pod- podcast. Because what they showed me was um, they still have placeholder art for it because obviously they're still working on the game getting all the kind of final things in. Um, but they did kind of briefly take us to the hub world in the game, which is called Hivory Towers. Um, and from there, that's kind of where all the different worlds are unlocked. So we started off in a place called Shipwreck uh, Creek, which is where Euchre and Laylee live in a pirate ship, um, uh, which has an amazing puntastic name, which you will have to read in the mag, but it is the best pun ever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we went from Shipwreck Creek, the kind of starting world, and they took us back to the hub world via a warp pad, um, which was kind of like, it kind of looked like the ones in, in Banjo-Tooie, I guess, in that it was kind of like a purpley disc for now, but the actual like teleportation animation um, was kind of like a series of like placeholder boxes because they haven't quite like done that bit yet. Um, so yeah, I know there definitely will be because I saw that in the game and and from Hivory Towers we were able to kind of teleport to I guess worlds that they had already unlocked like Glitterglaze Glacier which is the second world which I talk a lot about in the mag which is beautiful has the most beautiful music Um, I was going to say like in terms of music Grant Kirkhope's score for Freeze Easy Peak in the original Banjo Kazooie yeah. is still something I listen to yeah. all these well, years. Well, this later. one is amazing, and uh, in my interview, um, I, I believe it was Andy who was saying I think it is probably one of the best tracks that Grant has ever done. This Glitter Glaze Glacier theme, and the amazing thing about it as well is that the music changes like when you transform and unlock new parts of the world. So there's actually several themes, um, but it is the most like beautiful sort of melancholic theme really which is like 
far from like normal like banjo music which is like do 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 and there's plenty of that too but yeah this game just kind of builds on everything in a really sort cool. of beautiful way but yes definitely warp pads i saw them um come and scream at me angrily if they don't make it into the game but um yeah no i've definitely seen that happen i think that's how you'll be you'll be uh moving between worlds once you've kind of managed to unlock everything uh, next up is uh, grizzly case at grizzly uh Creedon? Raiden? 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 Yeah, Raiden. Raiden. I'm going to call you Raiden. Basically, case. <laughs> uh, beta beta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, on Twitter. And I, I would love to leave this contextless, but again, this is about <laughs> ukulele. More interested in hearing what trouser is all about. Yeah. I love the idea of just. I'm more not... interested in hearing about your trousers. Uh... <laughs> I'm wearing a lovely pair of uh, Debenham's finest. Oh yeah. So so trouser is uh, is a character in the new ukulele game, uh, and he is a snake. Um, and I'll let you kind of put the pieces together um, of of that uh, brilliant sort of very rare pun that has uh, made it into this game. Uh, but yes, trouser is a, a an NPC character who. Um, he is a snake that um, his his the tail of his uh, the tail of his tail oh my goodness the tail of his entire being goes through like the second trouser leg of the pair of trousers he's wearing so he's like a, a big loop really uh, and he's got like a big 80s like brick telephone that he talks into and he's kind of a bit of a wide boy he's like the game's Dell boy really and he's the one kind of like sort of off in the shadows like and he kind of like sells you the abilities that you can lately have so they have one called the reptile role where you can kind of turns into a little uh, rolling ball and, and uh, Laylee will kind of like run on his back with her wings outstretched and they kind of can move quickly and kind of up to higher places with momentum and later on in the game you get kind of the power of flight where you can hold on to Laylee's little legs and you can be transported around the map. Um, but Trouser's the guy who sells you these abilities um, and the quills that you collect, which are the like the main collectible in the game, um, collect enough of them and you'll be able to kind of buy new abilities off him and then once you get maybe a new ability like uh, and I talk a little bit about it in the mag you'll get like an ability called sonar shot for Laylee where she can send out sound waves and um, there's one way that I kind of notice how you can unlock a whole new part of the level with your sonar wave um, which I talk a little bit about in the future um, and uh, yeah basically the more abilities you get the more parts of the world you'll be able to access uh, and that's a guy who basically yeah is the one grifting um, and selling you all those and he lives in a little log uh, that kind of upgrades and gets more bling in as the game goes on so as you spend more money, as you spend more money he kind of is able to put um i know he's able to put a satellite dish on his log that kind of happens uh, later uh, i want to see some gold spinning rims from trouser i want to see him go mobile with his log but uh we'll, we'll have to see don't know where you put those spinning rims mate <laughs> uh it's almost like you had a sheet with these questions on because uh ukulele hub at ukulele hub i don't think that's their christian name on twitter <laughs> uh, they asked i'd like to know more about the collectibles oh, kind of funny that, that. Well, yeah. there more collectibles so the, beyond the, the quill exactly there are absolutely tons i mean the banjo games have always been kind of collectathons and ukulele is no different kind of still in that that spirit and quills are the main ones that uh you'll be you'll be grabbing um they're the ones there's 200 in every single kind of level so a lot they're the ones that you're wanting 
you'll want to get the most kind of unlock new abilities and stuff like that that's really exciting but also the ones that um kind of unlock whole new worlds are pages and they're like golden pages with eyes on of course um and they're kind of like the jiggies in banjo kazooie uh they're the main things where if you complete a challenge like a a time trial or a combat challenge um you'll get one of those um and there are 30 of those in each level um and you'll spend them to unlock new levels um so they're like the main ones there's also tokens that you can collect that'll unlock kind of um uh, i believe they're like four player co-op retro mini game arcades in like a in a in an arcade run by rextro who's like a relic of the 90s um and he's brilliant and and there's also one which i'm really excited about called ghostwriters um and there are five of those per level um and they are like actual ghost spirits but like little cartoon ones um and you have to to find them you kind of have to like use different senses um so one will kind of make like quite distinctive sounds you'll kind of have to track him down using right. kind of sound because he's not really visible um but then another one will be like a, a big uh, a more aggressive one you'll have to actually win a combat challenge against it to collect him um and then there's one that kind of like actively avoids you and runs away from you um so and uh so they each have kind of their own little quirks and you kind of have to fight for those sort of collectibles um but the big thing i would say about ukulele that uh platonic were really uh keen on making clear was that kind of every collectible has its place and has a point to it i yeah. think sometimes in banjo uh just kind of running around uh like collecting feathers or whatever for the sake of it um like kind of felt like a little samey so for this one they've really worked hard to make proper tangible really fun rewards like modifiers and stuff for each different type of collectible but there are a ton <laughs> <There's> <laughs> that is, uh, i hope that's enough for ukulele hub yeah and we've got <laughs> one final question this is from uh, pat at patrick dean and uh, again this is from twitter and he asks us one franchise to be remade in current gen spec a la ratchet and clank what would it be so i think in this instance i think he's not looking for a remaster but a game that full on remake Full on remake, full on reboots. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say not one but three. Crash, but mm. underline not by Naughty Dog. Yes. Not because I don't think they'll be good enough. Mm -hmm. Of course they will, but I want them doing other stuff. I right. think they've moved beyond the point where their talents are best used on a Crash Bandicoot. They need to be more. You got anyone in mind focused. for the Crash re remake? Insomniac on it. Yeah. Like, but Ooh, that would be a like Insomniac. Although, like Insomniac. Could if you listen very carefully, you can hear like some nineties child crying out in yeah. pain in the distance. No, <laughs> yeah, although, like you know, Insomniac. Yeah, get him on Spyro and, and more Ratchet. Um, obviously, the only tricky thing is that, as we understand it, Activision still have the, the rights, rights to crash. Yeah. So maybe that can't happen. It'll have to be an in-house Activision team, um, and they've got a good bunch. Uh, so long as it's not Robomodo who did Tony Hawk. Press uh, Five. Goodness gracious. Yeah, or the Tony Hawk remake that we had last gen. Yeah. Uh, because that really wrecked the oh, originals. The, um, yeah. Crashes so sacred people. With the with the right team, that proviso, Crash. Um, Soul Reaver. Give me a Soul Reaver. Crystal Dynamics, get them on it. Um, and uh, this, you know what? This was actually suggested by Milf um, up in the office, but Wipeout. Ooh. Well, he he wants a wipeout in VR, and that would be very good. I've played Thumper in VR, and that is perfect. Wipe but wipeout, yeah. um, I want a similar-ish game, but I want Roll Cage redone. Um, again, it has to be with a team who can do it. There's a game called Grip at the moment, which is on PC, and they're looking at PS4, um, which is basically a Roll Cage. If if the yeah if they did wipeout, I'd 
demand nothing but non-stop chemical brothers throughout the entire <laughs> i'd want a proper like soundtrack. 90s acid house yeah. like going over it um i will jump in here before somebody else steals it and you know there was a series back on in the ps2 era that i don't really think got its due and this better not be the game that you said before we <laughs> of course it's bmx no it's not bmx xxx it's time splitters uh i still hand on heart think time splitters 2 is the greatest shooter ever made. It's so much fun. And it's one of those games where it didn't matter, like, it's arcade mode, played nothing like the campaign. Like, you could take every element of that game and it was just fantastic in its own right. Um, but, and even Future Perfect, I know it's the worse one, but I still have such a soft spot. Yeah, like, um, the single player in that one was, the, the story in that one just is a lot more playful than 2. 2 was just there as, like, a structure to do levels, whereas... Future Perfect tries to put some meat on the bones, but that whole series it deserves to. And th- it's no, quite maddening that it hasn't been like Crytek yeah. are currently just sitting on it. And... and there's no like first person shooter on the PS4 that does anything. Maybe screen cheat at a push and uh, you know, bedlam. Some good screen cheat stories. Don't oh my goodness! Oh, man. No, this gets competitive. <laughs> you can't bring up these old wounds. Get competitive implies that uh, one person was any good at the game. Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's a good shout. Though. Like at times, players, I'd be all over that. Yeah, as would most of our listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> Jen. I well, I mean, you stole Crash. You I know, specifically that was a told d- deliberate me I could have move, Crash. just because we knew <laughs> Jen say was going to say Crash. something else, Jen. For well, once. I did it like in the office as well when we were talking about these questions. I did like go, Jen, not allowed Crash. Oh, I was like, it's oh. like okay, all right. If I have to pick something else, and it's always like I, it's always like so personal remakes. Like I want Crash remade, like not just because it's a good game, but because I like have. So she's saying Crash. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm just saying for an example, like. I don't want it remade just because it's a good game. It's because it's like, like I have a lot of memories there. Um, and it's the same with me with two games that I also played a lot of uh, on PS1 that were uh, number one, Driver, and number two, Call Borders 3, okay. which was amazing. I mean, both were amazing. My issue with Driver is that... Issues with Driver? How could you... Well, in terms of a remake, reboot and stuff. Right. Driver San Francisco is not that old. No, no, no. And it's 2011? Like, if you talk something? about a, you know, a PS4 reboot, like it wouldn't change things in a way that we hadn't already had. I in guess so, in Fran- the newer San games. Francisco, so I wouldn't say it was necessarily dormant oh, enough. A whole remake of Driver, though, that would be good. Some awesome missions I... in that game. Mm. I mean, like, I think the problem is a lot of people... Like, Driver is a very influential game, and it is a very important game. But a lot of people forget you don't get out of the car in the original driver, and I think that would oh, really. Oh, co- come on! Like you got out of the car in the follow-up, and it was dreadful. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, well, I, like exactly. with that original driver, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't need to get out of it. But I think, especially like where we've come in terms yeah, of yeah, like, I think San Francisco, San Francisco well, did the, a good job. Like mind jacking stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was when we could jump between. between. Yeah. yeah, and obviously really now you just have to back in San Francisco for watchdogs. Yes. Yeah, see, they've got it all there. Let's have a breath. Like for more mind jacking or oh phone jacking in this instance. Yeah, but no, but also Cool Waters 3, which I used to play obsessively trying to get the best times in time trial. And uh, always used to make me laugh because obviously I was quite young at that point. And I remember there was a, a run called Devil's Butt. And I found that hilarious. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously. That, that, just... <laughs> that was that was an awesome, an awesome, awesome snowboarding game. I like had so much fun with it. And it would be really nice to kind of be surprised by a sports game again. I think like I would really 
Is that warm? Because that was like a. I remember uh, like you growing up at the same time. Like that was a major sort of franchise for Sony. Mm. Like yeah, Cold it was huge. huge, massive, yeah. and. Yeah, Do you it, just watch like two days after this goes out, the conference will come and it's like, hey, cool 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 yeah. fine. And I'll be like, yes. <laughs> and crash and sort of really burn all this stuff. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so good. I really, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed playing that game. Um, so yeah, I'd love to see that again. Blew my mind. I'm holding out for Crash because obviously Layden was wearing his Crash banner. I know, top he's such a tease. And the PlayStation experience. experience. Yeah. Maybe I'd, he's had words with Activision. He, he knows what he's doing. And so that is the end of questions. There are no more questions. Ooh. Yeah, thank you. They've all been really good ones. So send yeah. us more. Send us more next yeah, time. Send yeah, send us a million. Please don't because then we'll have to go through every <laughs> single one like we've just done. Like, bing, 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 bing. The, yep. mag, the mag won't come out for a year as we're just sitting here answering every single question. <laughs> no, but yeah, hope hope you, uh, you've you got some good info on the new Battlefield ukulele and our remakes we want to see. PS1 remakes. Mm. Cool Borders for life. So, is there a new issue out, Matt? Yeah, I, I've not I mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, I don't so. know if you've mentioned it. I'm really glad you've you brought it up um <laughs> smooth yeah. as well yeah yeah no one will notice uh, obviously i've talked about it already a few times so i won't harp on about it too much but new issue call of duty infinite warfare on the wallet it's on sale now tons and tons of good stuff plus that awesome gift that we got this month uh, and then look out for i can't remember the exact date i think it's 5th of july hang on let me check my crib sheet it's 5th of july oh nicely um, done we've got our big massive in fact e3 special which is two mags in one it will be a fold-out bag with two mags in it uh, jen is about to fly out to e3 as we record this mm -hmm. where she'll be playing all the stuff at the show and it will all be in the mag um in various forms and we'll be having even more the following month and month after all that stuff but yeah, this one's going to be really special. And to make so sure we don't get lonely in the office, we've taken Jen's tear onesie, filled it up with loads of balloons and drawn a face drawn on a it face to pretend she's it. still here. Yeah, and then just take the podcast and like have me chattering away in the background. I know you can't write without it now. Me going, oh, you know what would be good? Crash Bandicoot remake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, please pick up the issue. It's awesome. You have a... You're going to get one of two covers. You'll get Infinite Warfare or Modern Warfare Remastered covers. Both beautiful. And if you're a subscriber, you already have the ukulele cover. Um, but yeah, I mean, where can where can the lovely people find us if they want to chat to us and send us more questions? Well, we're on Twitter, aren't we? We're on we're Twitter. On Facebook. We're yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, can go there. Matt, yeah. you've not been on here. Do you want to plug your own personal Twitter? No. Okay, fair <laughs> yeah, enough. So we're on Twitter. I, 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 I say nothing of interest on my Twitter. <laughs> I post pictures of my rats and I moan about I was Great say, Western he used, Railways. He uses Twitter to moan about my Overwatch gifts. <laughs> Look at them as, and moan about As he should, because there's a lot of Overwatch gifts. <laughs> I don't think gifts. I've moaned about your Overwatch gifts. Oh, maybe, maybe in real Yet. life. Yeah. Not on, not on the Twitter sphere. But we maybe are, I'll start. We are on the Twitter sphere at... Uh, at OPM underscore UK and you can send us a ton of questions there we're also on Facebook at official PlayStation Magazine UK just pop it in the search bar we'll pop right up um, and we'll keep you updated on everything we've got going on in the mag where we're going off to E3 I might be posting up some stuff so please keep a lookout we're just official PlayStation Magazine on Facebook yeah. don't worry about the UK don't worry about the UK oh, okay. we're the one we're the one baby the one the one the and one in Battlefield we'll... 1 <laughs> we are that one <laughs> If you look, if you look in it, it actually has a very tiny Zoom writing in. in the wrong. One, superscript one. Official PlayStation magazine. <laughs> um, That's probably I, enough of us like yeah. taking up your time. We will listeners. be back either next week or in a fortnight, depending on E3 Madness. We'll be back in a fortnight. Let's we'll be that. back in a fortnight. And, <laughs> we'll uh, see. and me and Ben will be probably streaming again pretty soon. Um, so if you Some are point. going. But yeah, thank you for joining us today on this beautiful podcast. I hope it is ha 
it has had a, a, a soothing influence on your ears and we haven't been screaming too much about video there's games. Some there's, there's some screaming. There's definitely some screaming. There's some screaming. I'm sorry for Jen screaming. Yeah, there's um, some I think, uh, I think I've been quite loud as well. Don't <laughs> worry, guys. It's a real surround sound nightmare voices. <laughs> but thank you very much for listening. And we'll be uh, back very soon. Yeah, yes, thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye.